next she's going to bring twitter back with <laughs> yeah. us yeah just kidding which she can which she, yeah right that would be on brand as well wouldn't it <laughs> that would totally be on brand just kidding hello and welcome to episode 177 the rockstar cmo effing marketing podcast it's saturday the 29th of july i hope you're well and you've had a great week and you're staying as sane as you feel you need to be I'm your host, Ian Truscott. I'm no rock star, but with this podcast, I want to share the marketing street knowledge I've picked up on my journey from sysadmin to CMO with the help of some true rock stars, my guests and chums, who I hope will inspire the marketing rock star in you. You can find links to me, the guests, and all the things we talk about in the show notes on rockstarcmo.com, along with our street knowledge blog, newsletter, and all of our previous episodes. This week, Jeff is still on holiday, so I share a thought. I have an extended conversation with my chum, Keith Smith, who runs The Advertist, and we chat about creativity and diversity. And I'm joined by a different guest in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar this week, as Robert is also away, and Todd Irwin, founder of the New York agency, Phaser, joins me for a cocktail and a chat about X. But first, we need to pay the bar tab. I'll be back in a moment. We'll be right back. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Robbie Samuels hosts the On the Schmooze podcast. Robbie, tell listeners what to expect from the show. Since 2015, I've interviewed entrepreneurs who overcame challenges to achieve success in their field or industry. Tune in to On the Schmooze to listen as I ask deep questions to elicit untold stories about leadership and networking. And where can people subscribe? Find the show at ontheschmooze.com or on marketingpodcast.net or just search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You heard them. Go subscribe. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy. Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Before I get to Keith, a quick thought from me inspired by a podcast I've recently started listening to called Nudge that's hosted by Phil Agnew. In one episode, he chats with Stephen Bridges, an expert card counter. Aside from learning about the entertaining life of a card counter, which apparently is perfectly legal, it transpired that card counting is surprisingly easy skill to master based on a system most of us could learn. We're not all yet. <laughs> We're not all running into casinos and leaving with our pockets filled with cash. Phil's podcast is about behavioural science. There's a good exploration of that. However, the system of card counting might be easy to learn, but implementing it is hard. And card counters win by fine margins, so the system must be implemented precisely, and they win over time. The card counter brings a peculiar system of betting to the table that ruffles the feathers of what's normal. Remember, this is perfectly legal. It's playing the game, but very, very thoughtfully, and it marks them out as different. And while it's legal... As private premises, casinos can, of course, ask anyone to leave. So as I learned from the podcast, it seems staying at the table is the actual challenge. Just looking like you are not card counting so you don't get asked to leave while you are actually counting cards sounded like a lot of work. So what's the marketing lesson here? 
Through my continued marketing education and my work, I've come across a lot of models, developed others and some we've shared on this very podcast. And what jumped out in my mind when listening to this was that like card counting, a lot of marketing techniques are simple to learn. Yet in the face of real life, implementing these ideas, like our card counter looking like he's not counting cards, is hard. Also, like counting cards, in order to get a return on those chips that the business has slid our way requires a discipline and need to implement our marketing model precisely. Plus, dare I refer to the often quoted shortened tenure of marketing leaders, that to provide that return, we need to not be asked to leave the table. In order to not be asked to leave the table, a card counter has to fit in, look like a regular gambling joe that complies with what the establishment believes to be what a lucky gambler looks like. It's the same for marketers. We get slid some chips by the banker, but often the casino has a clear idea of how we should be betting them. There's an executive that tells you that marketing should bet on X channel or that Y technique has never worked here. Yet in the data, the marketing team count the cards and see what is a winning hand. Maybe sometimes we play the cards we're dealt so we get to carry on playing. But as a marketer, think like a card counter. Try and stay at the table, look like you fit in, but count the cards and be true to your discipline. You win by fine margins. That was a little bit of Think About It there by Patra featuring Lynn Collins from 1993. And I'll include a link to the Nudge podcast in the show notes that inspired that thought. Right, onto my guest, Keith Smith. He's the Managing Director of The Advertist, the UK's only independent new business platform that helps agencies build their new business pipeline. And as you'll hear, he's also the host of the Fuel podcast, which is focused on business development and features great guests from around the world of agencies and advertising. Always fun to catch up with Keith. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome back, Keith, to Rockstar CMO. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, Ian. Thank you for having me on again. And uh, hey. nice to be here. You're very welcome. And um, But, I mean, I don't know whether... I mean, you'd have to be a long-time listener to remember you being on the show, Keith, because you were one of my original guests, I think, on episode six or something like that, and also episode 70. So it, thank yeah. you very much for coming back. Well, and, and likewise, you've been, you've been a guest on mine as well. I have, I have, yeah. And we're both on the Marketing Podcast Network, which we'll talk about in a second. But yeah, for sure. the folks that didn't listen to episode number 70, tell us a little bit about yourself, Keith. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I am the uh, Managing Director of a uh, new business, business development service for creative mm-hmm. agencies, um, which is basically a, a huge database um, of contacts and news and information, all that sort of stuff, and um, basically pull it everything into one place so um, it makes it easier for people to start prospecting for new business um, using lots of intel insights research all that sort of stuff so um, right. so that's 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 where we come in we're, we're at the very start of the process right 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 and that's a big challenge isn't it for agencies is to do that BD. i know i know from my own when i 
what what's the correct term in american when you put up your own shingle i think it is isn't it you when you start your own business and be and business development was always something i i can't stand so you you help with that for for agencies big and small or, or? yeah i mean it's it's for for, for all sizes but uh, yeah. i mean i think you know the thing was was we entered a um we entered a market that was extremely um price driven mm-hmm. very so premium price driven and we entered it with a um to level the market so that smaller 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 agencies could uh, could get to play in the same uh, same sandpit yeah. to to use another phrase but um <laughs> i haven't heard your shingle one before that's 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 an interesting no, when you hang your own shingle when you, oh. i've probably got it completely wrong and americans are probably listening and going, doing it yourself, basically yeah, do it yourself yeah. yeah and um but when i was in agency land a million years ago not that long ago actually when i was at mccann mrm it, it's it's like is it like pearl finders and those guys isn't it yes These equivalent sorts of thing yeah yeah, so yeah. That, that's cool and but what sort of so you work with big and small agencies then yes we do mm. i mean we've got some of the some of the biggest in the in in well on the planet and yeah. um, also the the little one man bands as well i mean yeah. you know we we cater to all types we've got a very broad church um mm. but <clears throat> the um the main point is is that i think the the market has been until we came into it the market was always about selling leads to people saying mm. that you know, they, there are this. There's this opportunity over here with this agency or this brand and this company, and stuff. And you know, nobody wants 300 people emailing them. You know, just because it's it's shown up on it's shown, and especially with yeah. you know the proliferation of that type of news on the internet is just ridiculous. So yeah. what we do is we just provide the context of you know what a brand's up to, what a company's up to, and. Mm-hmm a bit of their backstory and all that kind of thing and a look at the market. And then, you know, like we always say, you know, the, they're their best salespeople. They don't need us to do that. You know, they're, they're, all they need is all the information in one place. And that's what we do. Right. Yeah. So for me in B2B, that's like having an MQL, but the data really enriched. There's that context of the lead of what what they're looking at, what they're interested in, what their company does and all that kind of stuff. You've got that all nightly, t- nicely, nicely in a bow. And I was going to say, like the Glengarry leads, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> so, oh, these are the Glengarry leads, yeah. I know, yeah. So that's the advertise. That's really yeah. interesting. And, and I'll, I mean, I'll include a link to it in the show notes, but that's just theadvertise.com, right? Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, so um, one, of the, one of the fun things you've done recently is you created an ad for your business. Yes, and, yes I know. And that that is a first in itself. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that was just a... Um, that was just well. It started out as a bit of fun and a bit of talk with a couple of uh, agency, old agency heads that I know, and the guys at Beehive, wasn't it? Yes, and yeah. they're, they're they're much wiser than I, and <laughs> um, and I was telling them about is that the the problem is is that given where we are as far as the economy is concerned, certainly in the UK, is that you know you have you've got a cost of living crisis going on, you've got rising interest rates you've got the, the people worried about job security all that sort of stuff you know yeah. if it's not a recession it's got all the ingredients of a recession yeah. um and so the the problem is what happens then is that there's a great tendency for people just to hold on to their marketing budgets mm-hmm. not do anything to get a bit of paralysis and stuff like that and then when the situation eases off then they have to start again and mm-hmm that in itself is 
a lot you know you've got to fire up the machine and get it all running again and that that is a long process and that's then, then you've got another six months so what we advocate and what a lot of our kind of peers advocate is the idea of just keeping it going and obviously not stopping but just keep you know working it yeah. in, in some way shape or form so we focused in on the idea of getting started all right mm-hmm. because it's the hardest thing for agencies to do is to say right monday morning I'm going to hit it and I'm going to start making some calls. I'm going to start generating some business. And so it's like Monday morning rolls around and you're like, well, where do I start? What do I do? Mm. So that was what we focused in on. And the guys came up with this very humorous uh, approach to it of, of a, a a kind of a turbocharged snail uh, (laughs) that, uh, that took off, you know, and basically it was a 20 second, almost like um i forget what they call them i think they call them buffers but um mm. you know just just a, a quick ad that you know you blink mm. and you miss it type thing but that was the whole idea we wanted something quick easy to consume because people haven't got the attention span mm. and really we're not selling anything terribly sexy what we're doing is you know we're, we're selling the sausage and not the sizzle yeah I love well i mean i wish that this was a video i mean there are many times when i don't wish this was a video podcast i think the editing must be a nightmare but for your to sh- i'd love to show your ad right now because it's very visual so i thought oh, yes. oh, i'll play the audio but really it's just the, the audio is, is, a, is a snail moving really fast it's just one one line of voiceover but I can imagine if you were to use it on YouTube or something, it would play before someone had got the chance to skip. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, that was yeah. part of the, part yeah, yeah. Of the, uh, the, the, the logic behind it was that mm. it was kind of the, the sort of gorilla stuff. You could just drop yeah. it wherever you yeah, wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. before people had time to, to, to know what was going on, the ad's been and gone. So yeah. that was the funny part of it. Well, also, I'll, I mean, we're going to do it to death and and people people watch it and think well what was the big deal but personally it's just a little bit of fun as well and it's 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 worth a watch because it's a it's a bit of fun (laughs) and it's it's not to i mean you know if you watch youtube at all at the moment it's soaked with ads that are personalized me so i get all this b2b ad kind of you know monday.com and stuff like that and it's like oh gosh but you know what i mean but it's that's what it's all about it's an interesting the, the whole process was an interesting process for me to go through because I haven't done anything like that before and I've you know obviously it's a it's a, it's my business so it's something that is very close to me yeah. and it was really a learning curve for me working with people that work for big agents you know big yeah, brands yeah. Yeah. you know this team of only three the three guys you know but yeah. They work with big brands. I mean, GSK is their client, you know, GlaxoSmithKline. I mean, the job is absolutely huge. And suddenly they turned their attention on there and and gave me the exact same treatment. And it was like, wow, it's incredible to see how these people think because what they focused on was something completely different to what I was focusing on. And that makes such a difference when you get very inspiring, creative people working with you. you. You have to basically say, well, you know, you're cre- you're the I'm too close to it. I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm too close to the action to you know yeah. to to to, um, to make a, a fair judgment on it yeah. and, and trust yourself in their hands. I, I think uh, this is a really good point of conversation. I didn't realize we were going to have this conversation, but I think that's there's a lot of talk about in house in house creative and in house agencies and using yeah. external agencies, and I've I've faced that a number of times in my career. Um, and when I was at SendShare, we created a, a video that actually never got published because um, the whole brand launch we were doing for a different reason didn't happen. But um, 
it was so I, I I worked with a couple of guys that I met in McCann. So like you, you know, there I am hanging with the folks that do the big, you know, they're the big dogs and do the big things. And um and have done some great campaigns for these amazing brands. And there they are, like you say, working for you and doing this stuff. And they're coming up with these amazing creative ideas that I wouldn't have had the balls to sort of come yeah. to my CEO with, but they they can take you to the edge, right? And you know that you know you're going to have to reel that in a little bit, but it shows you the art of the possible, doesn't it? You're like, oh wow, yeah, this will really work for us. There is always a danger when you're working with you know with people of that caliber yeah. that um, that you overanalyze it, and you have to <laughs> you, basically you have to lean into it because this yes. is how they work. And hopefully we'll we'll get to talk about this, but this yeah. is how creative brains work. Absolutely. You know, is, is that you have to go with it mm-hmm. and you have to trust them because they'll get you there. It yeah. may not be the way that you think you should be there, yeah. Yeah. but they'll get you there. And that is, it's a very important lesson. And it's something that we've all become desensitized because we've all now got all the tools. We've yeah. now got Adobe Suite and we've now got, you know, we can all use Photoshop and we can all use animation yeah. suites and stuff like that. We all think we're creative people, but we're not. Nah, that's not where the skill is in this. No. And I, I like what you were saying there, because for me, I remember going, you've brought back the memory of going through that process and feeling a little bit scared, you know, and mm-hmm. I think, and that's, um, I think that's part of it, that if you don't feel thrilled and a little bit scared by the idea, then maybe it's too dull, you know, especially as I work in B2B, it was really easy to find dull ideas. But th- what these guys were doing was just like, really really pushing it about how we were going to talk and who we were and the colors and then and it just it was so exciting it was scary it's it's that analogy of um jumping off the cliff and building the plane all the way down yeah yeah yeah, that is very true you have to throw yourself into it and trust that you'll you'll have the right thing and you know it's the risky things pay off you know that that's what that's what it always and that's what the 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 British creative industry and and mm. in the American creative industry that's what they were built on was yeah. risk taking absolutely you know, not not taking the safe route taking the risky route and and yeah. making it that that kind of risk. Well, there's a lot of um, and uh, actually let's let's just let's skip let's get to your podcast first because I know we sure. want to come back to this this topic because this is a topic you cover on your podcast a lot because. You have your you have a podcast also in the marketing podcast network like this podcast called the Fuel Podcast. And what I love about it, and we were chatting about this before you came on, is the guests you have. I mean, they're the great and the good from agency land. It just sounds like you talk to them, the grand marquees of of, of, <laughs> of creativity and and the the campaigns they've worked on, the stories they tell about those campaigns is is amazing. Um, so t- so before we dive back into creativity, tell us a bit about your show and. And what's, what, what the fuel is all about? Well, fuel started out as, uh, because my background is in new business, um, mm. started out as a, a question of, well, how do big, how do, not necessarily big agencies, how do successful agencies mm-hmm. win business? What mm-hmm. is it they do that they keep showing up on the pitch roster, that they keep winning these big accounts? What Mm -hmm. is their secret to it? And that was really where I started from. And only by doing that and asking these people, and it started off with a couple of people who were gracious enough to let me kind of fumble (laughs) around, you know, with a few stupid questions. And then, 
you know, afterwards I was kind of, you know, well, if you know anybody else that would be good. And they, oh, I yeah. use their, I hijacked their little black book and you know, their contacts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and they've sort of referred me on. Basically, you know, give him a listen. He's he tries hard. You know, that's basically. I think I think that's where they. I think that's where they come in. But and so the point was was that speaking to these people, you start to discover that the secret to winning business is very much based on the basic principles of creativity, which is to 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 amuse to entertain to engage to be memorable all those things yeah. are why you win business you don't win business because you've got a secret method of analyzing a brand's performance in mm-hmm. social space you know that doesn't you know it might get you half a percent increase in right. you know in sales but when we're talking about big numbers you mm-hmm. know you need things that are earth shattering all the greatest commercials have been commercials that uh, the best example was uh, very quickly was peter Souter talking about the guinness advert mm, right? yes i remember that episode and walter campbell all right yeah. him and walter campbell and yeah. basically the the people at, at diageo at guinness said here's the brief right for the mm-hmm. advert um and um whatever you do <laughs> don't focus <laughs> on the fact that it takes two minutes to pour yeah right? And the way that Walter Campbell looked at it was that he was like, well, a problem is an opportunity turned on yeah, his head, right? Yeah. So he he then flipped it and said, well, what if waiting was exactly yeah. what made it so yeah, special? Yeah. And that yeah. was where all of Guinness's marketing from that point yeah. on came yeah. from waiting, TikTok. Yeah, yeah. How long ago was that? Because I remember, because I was a Guinness drinker when I was young, right. and I thought, um, and when that came out, it was like Guinness was cool. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. uh, because they they there was a number of those ads, and they also they were they were there, there was the there's the surfing one, isn't there? And then yeah, there's the one with the first one. TikTok. There's like this dancing yeah. one with the yeah. with the guy, and they always had really good visual and really offbeat sort of music to them as well. So they were memorable both visually and and orally as well, and it made Guinness cool, right? Yes, of a, a, yeah, yeah. a stuffy, yeah. malted yeah. beer. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. suddenly became yeah. the, the thing that you ordered in a cocktail bar. I mean, yeah. how, how crazy is that? Yeah. So the point to it was, was that that was a risk. Mm. They went back to the client with exactly what they told them not to do. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and showed them. And big agencies take big risks. And, and mm. with big risks, you, you get big rewards. You can yeah. also fail, right? Mm. But if you're in it together as client and agency together and you're both agreed that, okay, this is a big swing, you know, but it may work. This may, this may work. And it's better than just a micro advance of half a percent up to yes. sales yeah. for the quarter, yeah. right? Yeah. That you're, you're shooting for 20 or 30%. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that agencies really excel at. Creative yeah. agencies really excel at. And the, 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 also the amazing thing is, um, the, the the how on earth would any data have told them that right oh. and that's what i think we're we're driven by a lot now and i there's good reasons why marketing needs to be driven by data a lot of the time and, well, and also yeah and some of the things that i've learned around for b2b is we're just so obsessed with features and functions and beating people like that but if you look at that sort of creative 
um, advertising, like, you know, your own little ad or the Guinness ads, hmm. is what is it that people are going to remember? Are they going to remember any of the features and functions of these products? No, it's just, it's cool. You know what I mean? It's fun or it's, the, you know, it's it's an emotion, isn't it? It's It's what you cannot provide data for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the insight. Uh, you know, I mean, another another guy that I, I love talking to was Graham Fink. Um, mm. And he was talking about how he created the Silk Cut, you know, the Silk Cut adverts back in the day when, you know, when, <laughs> when they were allowed to, to when smoking was actually. Wow. Yeah. You know, but they were five minute moments, you know, mm. that he'd immersed himself in the brand and stuff yeah. like, you know, stuff like that. And then thought it switched his brain off for a second and suddenly the idea came. Mm. And the more you think about things, you know, the mm. the, the 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 more difficult they are. Yeah, yeah. Because that was also an interesting thing on your podcast for a while. You were going in digging into what made people creative and how they mm. came up with these ideas, which are also really interesting conversations, weren't they? About how people came up with these ideas. Yeah, because the the art of being creative, and I mean, this was, I mean, you and I did a did a show a long time ago yeah, with yeah. Uh, with the the guys at Beehive um, mm-hmm. who did the commercial. But you know, was the the creative element of of any kind of campaign generally tends to come when you're in the shower or you're going mm-hmm. for a walk or you're yeah. sitting at the bottom of a swimming pool or whatever you know, yeah. whatever it happens to be that is not doing the actual job itself and that is the fascinating thing and and you know Mm -hmm. i mean i i know myself now that that my prime time for creativity is when i wake up in the morning first thing in the morning yeah is you know because i've had my my brain has just been working while i've not been really thinking about it and i come up with just one or two things that I need to do or whatever that, that mm-hmm. you started. So, I mean, it, it's funny that the brain, obviously the great thing is we don't understand how the brain works. <laughs> That's true. The cool thing about it is that when you let it idle, mm. it does its best work. It's when mm. you start, it's that old, um, what do they call it? The, um, the, 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 the ice skating rink. Uh, yeah. problem conundrum about when they got 50 people going around an ice skating rink yeah. and, nobody bumped into each other and as soon as they put somebody in there saying all right you need to you're faster so you need to go on the outside you're slower right. so you need to go as soon yeah. as they started trying to organize people it, or everything fell out everybody fell over <laughs> all right and that is you know that's a it's a known yeah. thing but the the, yeah. the the less you so if if you want to solve a problem immerse yourself in what the the elements of those problems are mm-hmm. and then go and do something go for a walk or go and do yeah. some woodwork or build something or you yeah. know cook you know, and yeah. suddenly something will happen and, and you'll go, ah, oh, yeah, yeah the yeah. brain will figure it out for you. <laughs> so your podcast evolved then from the beginning where you're trying to figure out the problem that you're trying to find out the answer to the question of what made people successful in BD then led you straight to creativity yeah. because that seemed to be the thing. But also your podcast, you've, you've covered quite a lot of ground because you also talk about sustainability and that kind of stuff. And maybe if we have a chance, we can talk about that. And yeah. you're part of um you're part of a a, 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 a what, what would you call it an organisation right yeah it's a, it was a um a, just a little philanthropic venture that yeah. we came up with me and a bunch yeah. of friends and big big shout yeah. out to, but stream aid and yeah, the whole idea was that you know we just wanted to just mm. come up with you know come up with solutions that would help 
you know, um, help us try and address the problem of, right. you know, of, of the climate change. But um, I'm collecting quite a list of links I need to add to the show notes. So I've got to remember <laughs> to put in StreamAid to so make sure I do that, mate. But the, one, the, the other big topic that comes up a lot, and it's funny, it comes up totally tied in with that conversation about creativity you have with mm. these guys, is diversity and inclusion. And I, so often diversity of ideas and diversity of people seems to be completely linked uh, aside from you've also had some very serious conversations about the lack of diversity and inclusion within particularly in inner city london agencies right? sure, sure so tell us a bit about that what what of it that, that's that's come out of that is i mean that assessment from me is just from listening to the show but was that what you learned from that yeah i i think it um it all became crystallized when um i did a i mean i've had these conversations and 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 it was to a to a person or mm-hmm. to a guest on the show they were all talking about the fact that you know we need to basically make sure that we have a wide pool a deep wide deep wide pool of people of yeah. talent to pull from because that's what made the creative industry great, and that, mm. that is this is very good. Yes, absolutely, couldn't couldn't agree more. But here's why, right? Yeah, because so I had a I had a um, it's coming out soon. I, uh, I did an interview with Sam Delaney, mm-hmm. um, who um, he's the host of the Top Flight Time Machine um, podcast, and yeah. uh, and also. Um, the, the reset because he's had his own mental health issues as well. And that was mm-hmm. what I was talking to him about, but he wrote a uh, while I was doing my background research, he wrote a book called get smashed, which was back in 2007. I think it came out, but it was because it, he is the, he is related to the advertising industry. The Delaney name is well known in the advertising yes. industry. Um, but he, um, the, the book was absolutely fantastic. But what it did was it charts the growth of the British advertising industry from the 60s onwards. Because yeah. before the 60s, the British advertising business was really stuffy. Mm-hmm. It's just illustrators and, you know, people just coming up with very bog standard, grey, you know, mm. nothing very inspiring. And then the Americans came over and started <laughs> introducing some swagger into the, yeah, the, yeah. the world of advertising. And then CDP came up, all right, mm-hmm. the agency, CDP. Right. And that became a kind of a, um, a, a keystone for everything creative in, 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 in the country. They were just at the center of everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of the talent that came out of this, I, I, I mean, I wanted to just make sure you've got this, you've got um, Charles Saatchi, Frank Lowe, um, Ridley Scott, Alan Parker, David Putnam, Tony Kay, John Salmon, wow. Mike Everett. I mean, mm-hmm. just some of the biggest talent of the, the world of advertising came mm-hmm. from that place. Yeah. And there's a reason for it. None of them came out through university. None of them came from middle class, upper class. They were all working class. Paul Grubb, who I interviewed, who who, um, Dave Trott um, recruited for um, for, for GGT, he worked on a building site. Yeah. You know, and just thought, oh, I'll give him a call. And that a lot of these people, a lot of those names that I mentioned, worked in the the post room of an advertising agency because they couldn't get a job anywhere else because they were too. Um, they were too out there. They were too creative. They weren't. Mm. They weren't 
stuffy and gray and you couldn't put them in a suit and make them work mm. service job mm. you know and so they got these these kind of they were they were mavericks you know of yeah. their in themselves but they looked at problems business problems from a completely different perspective yeah. not from a bottom line columns and you know um ledger type mm. scenario but from a creative how can i make somebody buy that yeah, yeah. and so you had all these kind of real original thinkers coming on board and that is what that is where the diversity mm. needs to we need to focus the argument of is the fact that if we don't keep looking at and recruiting people from all sorts of walks of life we're going to lose what yeah. makes the british advertising industry so brilliantly yeah. creative yeah well the, the 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 other thing that i was learning and listening to as well was was the fact that you need people who represent the consumer that you're selling to, right? Yes. And, and, yeah. and the, the, other, the other thing I thought was interesting, one of your guests, this is quite a few uh, months ago, I think he was talking about the fact that diver, there's, a, there's an appearance of diversity in terms of um, you know, men and women and, um, and races and stuff, but actually they've all come through the university system. Yeah. So they're actually not that diverse in, in, a, in a sort of a neural sense. And I thought that was really interesting and in that I think it was a chap that was running an apprenticeship program and he was trying to bring in people from the inner cities and from other parts of the country that mm-hmm. didn't have that background and, and, and education and give these kids a chance. And he was finding some real talent in, in a different pool. Well, that, that might have been the – I did a show, the, the latest show that came out is Mark Lewis, from, mm. who's the dean of the, the School of Communication yes. Arts. yeah. yeah. And, in Brixton and that in itself is you know that that needs as much help from the industry as possible because that's his mission his mission is to 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 make sure and yes absolutely we do it's a double-edged sword yes Mm -hmm. I agree with you that we do need people that are like the consumers Mm -hmm. that they're selling to but the art of working in the creative industry Mm-hmm. is to be able to switch gears to be able to yeah. go okay what as dave trot and, and paul grubb said if you can answer the question what's in it for them yes yeah that's all you need to do once yeah. you do once you start from there then you yeah. can you can work forwards yeah yeah well i mean i was um when i was at mccann uh we were going through brexit and all of the conversations around brexit right. yeah and there's a m- major um agency that you know we're culture formers aren't we in agencies you know we're you know we we should have our finger on the pulse uh, yeah i mean i'm not in an agency anymore but an agency should or mass marketers should have our yeah. fingers on the pulse and you wouldn't believe the shock and dismay in that agency when brexit happened because they had no connect they were you know it was in london it was that mo- metropolitan group think the bubble. Nobody understood what was really happening in mid- Middle England and what people were really thinking about this whole topic, and you know, and they made that assumption. And that I, I know it's a controversial topic, but it certainly hit home to me that there's this group of people, this big building of creative people that were not in touch with what was really going on in the world. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's very true, very true yeah. indeed. But yeah. I think you know that as long as we keep a um, we 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 champion those types of you know of of um what would you call them you know those institutions where those people come from and, mm. and help them to to 
um, the feeder channels and stuff like yeah. that. That, yeah. that we that it becomes part. Schools are key to this whole thing. Education is absolutely key to it. Yeah. The whole thing that Rishi Sunak came up with that angered the crap out of me was, you know, <laughs> the idea of, you know, we need to learn more maths. <laughs> yes. we, no, we don't. We don't. Yeah. We need to learn less maths and because we've all got calculators now. We can yeah, yeah. that's just a series of buttons we need. Yeah. What we need is some creative like that Winston Churchill quote, you know, we have no money, we shall have to think. Yeah. What was what was the name of the I'm terrible with names, but I can't remember the name of the guest that was on because what he was saying is is like AI has now been invented. And when that starts doing all of our jobs, it's going to be the very human jobs that we're going to need. And you don't need maths for those things, right? Mm. It's going to be, like you say, the creatives. And it's also going to be the plumbers and it's going to be the people that mow the lawns. It's going to be those, of, you know, we, we need practical people that can do things creatively and practically, don't we, that we, we need to encourage. The the whole topic of AI, I mean, you know, was, yeah. I mean, we've, we've we've touched on that in the in the show anyway. But mm. the the whole topic of AI is is interesting because yes, it's a scary proposition. I mean, mm-hmm. no two ways about it. Yes, it's a scary proposition. But here's the thing, all right? It's here. Yeah. We're not going to stop it being used. Okay, yeah. so let's just work with it. All right, and if we've got 20 years before it takes over the world <laughs> you know let's let's get the most out of it let's do the most out of it and you know john caswell who's i've got a show coming out with him mm-hmm. you know and david brown i was on um his podcast the other day talking about yeah. uh, ai and there are some incredible i mean I, I don't know do you have you ever used i mean i know you probably yes. you yeah, team, yeah. Right? i mean have you used mid journey and all those i haven't of- i haven't used mid journey but i have used similar tools so i've used dali and i've used um yeah. various of those tools yeah but what what struck me all right what mm-hmm. struck me is that if you come up with an idea if you use mid journey and even if you don't need to give it any commands just use the yeah. search engine on yeah. on on mid journey and do frog on a bicycle or yeah. you know three uh three-legged cow all right yeah yeah the amount of other people that are thinking the same thing yeah 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 that it's just extraordinary that there are some phenomenal my my dad who was an artist he he would have absolutely loved mid-journey mm-hmm. because it it is a it's a creative it's a creative pull and yeah, yeah. you have to look at it not as a threat, but as an opportunity to yeah. do that kind of first level thinking that gets us onto the next stage. Yeah. Well, I've got a daughter who's just graduated with a right. yeah. uh, graduated with a, a BA in illustration just last Friday. Right. And I don't think that that I mean, I don't think she's fully figured out like whether this is a threat or not, because they're, they're, there's so much fear mongering around it. But I mean, I use what is it I use? I use Night Cafe Studio, I think, which which lets you choose from a number of these models, and I, I use it for for, for like um, my Tuesday Two Cents blog posts, right? Yes. And what I and, and and the thing is, is the algorithm has got better, and it offers. Do you want to use the newer algorithm, and do you want to you know do you want to get? And I'm like, no, because I've kind of found a style. That I like. Right. I tell it to when I tell it to do the image in purple, and I tell it what what I want in the image. And it's kind of goof. It's kind of not right. But each of the images, there's a consistent style to it. And somebody said, "Oh, I like your style of Tuesday Two Cents. The images you use." I'm not doing it, but I'm having. I'm I'm applying a hand to that. You are doing style, it. This right? is the yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, you are yeah. doing it, and it's no different from if you had a camera. 
you're not physically creating the actual image yourself you've got a machine to do it that's what this does it's a it's a it's a camera you know so i I think you know i think there are there are some there are some great opportunities but yes it's going to be it's going to be such a um a, a, a huge um benefit for the creative industry and the people that are mastering it are the the creative people who figured out that prompt engineering learning how to give it prompts the right prompts like you were just saying about your you, you know your two cents that's exactly where it's supposed to be yeah absolutely you know? Absolutely. Well, that was a bonus um, topic that I hadn't planned last week. What, what a load of ground we've covered. So um, so we've covered your, your podcast, your your ad, which I'll include a link to in the show notes. We've done creativity, and I think we could have dived into that for another half an hour. What a great topic that Easy. was. Yeah. Diver- diversity and inclusion, which, you know, it's a subject very close to my heart. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I always enjoy listening to, to your guys talking about because here are the actual senior people in agencies that are going to make a difference, which is what mm-hmm. I like as well, right? It's not a load of people just complaining that they're not getting the leg up. It's actually the people recognising at that top level. That's what creativity is all about. So I love that. And then a bit of AI, man. What a complete show. So thank you very much, Keith. I have one last question to ask you, which yes. is our regular feature. As you know, we have the regular feature in the Rockstar with CMO Swimming Pool. Our port to marketing hell. We throw all the bullshit snake on overhype trends that plague this marketing craft we love. And last time, <laughs> now what I love about this, right, is I never ask the guest to tell me what they're going to say and uh, on purpose so I can test my own reaction. And you, last time, you threw Alec Baldwin in there from one of my favorite films. And I've actually seen the play as well, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, yep. and all the quotes that get over you. So <laughs> I had to throw one of my favorite things into the pool last time because you told me to. Are you going to stick to the quotes from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross for this show, or have you got something new? No, I have something new. I, th- I thought about <laughs> it long and hard. And yeah. Um, and this is this is probably going to. I'm glad you put this at the end of the show because uh, <laughs> have, uh, probably switched off. It's a bit controversial, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with okay. That what I would like to dispense with is group creative brainstorms. Wow. Okay. When you get a team of people together, a bunch of people who work together, right? Mm-hmm. Who are all in the same bubble anyway? Mm-hmm. When you get them all in the same room and they decide to have a group creative brainstorm, mm-hmm. nothing will come out of it, <laughs> right? <laughs> nothing. You might just as well let them all go home for the day, right? right? Yeah. Just leave it to the creatives. Love it. Right? Let yeah. the creatives do it because take a, take that money and go and take them out for a beer. All right. Yeah. We'll go and take them out for a, for a nice meal. All right. Tell them the problem and let them solve the problem yeah, for you. Yeah. Don't try and sit there with all the prejudices that you've got yeah. Right, yeah. from working in the business anyway. Yeah. Right. And thinking that you're going to come up with something that's just so radical that nobody's ever thought of it. It's yeah. it's bullshit and it won't work. I love it. I love it. So it's to get rid of group creative brainstorms. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, man. And then uh, when people spin the dial on the interwebs, where are they going to find you? Um, usually hanging out on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. And um, I have a uh, my, my profile is Keith Smith, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, obviously the podcast at thefuelpodcast.com yeah. or Marketing Podcast Network or yeah. Stream. I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm very accessible. 
Well, I'll include all the links in the show notes, mate. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you and to have you as my chum. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again, mate. Speak thank you, Ian. I really appreciate the time and thank you. And good luck with everything. And uh, keep going with, uh, with Rockstar CMO because we love it. <laughs> Thanks, John. I'll see you soon. Who doesn't want to hear that? Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. I will, of course, include all the links to the many things Keith and I refer to, including all of his links in the show notes that you can find on rockstarcmo.com. Right, it's time to wind down the week in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar. And due to a scheduling conflict that finds Robert away on business, I'm joined by someone who regular listeners will be familiar with, branding expert Todd Irwin. Good evening, Todd. Somebody different in the bar this this week. Um, <laughs> I, I won't do the full intro. You were on you were in you were on the show a couple of weeks ago, and you're the founder and chief strategy officer, Phaser, a creative and branding agency from New York, right? Yep, that's uh, that's me. That's us. We are you're from New York, man. Good How you doing? Show. Well, good <laughs> nice to welcome somebody yeah. different to the bar. Welcome, Todd. Yeah, so, it's good to be always good to be at the bar. <laughs> All right. Always. So my first question, uh, as you listen to the show, you know that when Robert's yep. on, so I'm going to ask, what are you drinking? Oh, man. Um, it's a beer and a shot. I'm, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a lager uh-huh. and a shot of mezcal guy. But, you know, it's like, and I like the mezcal uh, so much, but I don't need anything. I like it neat. Wow, uh, a little a little chase of a beer every now and then. Uh, yeah, beer in a shot. Uh, something about mezcal, man. It's so good, so so good. Uh, <laughs> what are you drinking? So, so my um, so what I will now attempt to do is to make that very drink using only the, only the ingredients <laughs> in my desktop bar, and I weirdly enough don't have any have any beer. So I am go. I've got a glass. Did you put glass? Did you put ice in your mezcal? You know, it, it depends. Um, it depends on my mood. Uh-huh. Um, it also depends if the bartender hears me say on the rocks or they just go and make it. Uh, <laughs> some, yeah, I, I like it both ways, actually. Right. Well, I'm gonna, I've, stuck some gla- I've stuck some ice in a glass. And then yeah. I am going to go for the most English of my scars, which we all know is Hendrix Gin. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> there you so go, man. Dutch bit. Courage. Yeah. I love that. And I don't have any beer on my in my desktop bar either but i do have cucumber tonic water as all my regular guest oh, listeners know so i should stop yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know the story around dutch courage right yeah well now i guess it's now it's english courage <laughs> <laughs> i'm not that worried about talking to you man. it's just we're in a bar so let yeah, me have a sip good. of your suggestion there yeah. mm. what do you think that's really good i like that yeah I'm not really go. getting the beer or the mezcal, but that's delicious. I could drink one of these every week. Thank you, Todd. So I've got my drink. And then the next thing we do is this is a virtual bar. Where are we being transported to? I'm hoping it's going to be your favorite bar in New York. Ah. Oh, you wherever know, you like. Um, Where is your favorite bar? I got a few. I mean, my neighborhood bar is a bar called Mona's mm-hmm. on Avenue B uh, and 13th Street down in the East Village in New York. It's been there. I don't. Yeah, I have to imagine it's been there like maybe 50 years. Wow. It's an old school New York City bar, yeah. which reminds me of like a lot of my favorite places in london yeah, yeah. And, but don't ask me my favorite london bar because i don't know it but, <laughs> but whenever i go whenever i whenever i'm in london it's like it's always like some like rich 
old mm. neighborhood bar that's yeah, yeah. been there forever with an old. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. So Mona's is like that. Mona's is a, yeah. If nice. you're in New York City, go to Mona's. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I was trying to yeah. think of some of the bars we used to go to when I was in New York a, a few years ago. I think it was like <clears> there's like the long room just off of Times Square, which has got a nice kind of. But New York bar-y vibe to it or, or it's yeah. all sorts of lovely fancy places but I like those I like those like traditional American bars that you find a little bit off off bit Sorry. off beaten track in New York I think yeah. they're, they're fun so that's where we are so that's where we're having our, our drink and then as usual with Robert I ask him what topic are we going to discuss now I know what topic we're going to discuss Todd, <laughs> because there's been so much buzz about it it's the rebranding of Twitter to X and that topic mm. definitely needs a cocktail and I <laughs> it does. And also, I mean, look at you've been quoted in the Time magazine in Bloomberg. So I'm not just talking to anybody about this topic this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I got interviewed. Yep, yep, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, no, nice. Yeah, what do you want to know? So Elon rebrands Twitter to X, and as a branding expert, what do you expert, think of it? What do you think? Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's it's you never see. Well, you rarely see uh, a rebrand at the top of the headlines like this mm. um you know it seems like this is a little bit of a crazy move obviously you know, <laughs> obviously elon has no guardrails right <laughs> um you know I, I would say like as a brand strategist uh and looking at this it's not very well thought through mm -hmm. and you know just brand strategists you know in general are having a field day with it right mm. um it's not not a lot of brand discipline along with this i mean is it <clears throat> is it is it brand x is it twitter x is it x yes. like i you know it's still the twitter app it's still twitter.com but then there's like an x logo hanging out there and people mm. are still quote-unquote tweeting right yeah. so well you know like who launches a brand this way I, mm. I you know he's obviously got a bigger idea down the down the line mm -hmm. down the road and just doesn't care about losing yeah. users right yeah, yeah. um yeah so i i don't see a lot of positives uh uh you know this is an opportunity for you know, users to to abandon the brand. Mm. I mean, he's just opening up for that. Mm. So uh, I've got a couple so, yeah. of questions on that. I like your opinion on this because one of the thing, if we try, it's it's hard to be completely objective on this because there's so yep. much emotion flying around Twitter, and we've all had that relationship with Twitter. But yep. it, from a, as a branding expert, do you think that Elon has harmed the brand of Twitter so badly that he actually had to do something to rebrand X to redefine it in the consumer's mind or it, yeah, it, it just is there any sense in this? I'm just that's what I'm looking for. I mean, it's hard to tell what the business strategy is. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, I think that um, since he's taken over, they've lost a considerable amount of advertising dollars, and that's yeah. the, that's all their revenue. Yeah. Um, so, like, what's he what he's thinking about in terms of a pivot? I it's it's hard to tell. Mm -hmm. um, I you know Elon's got. Like I said earlier, he's got no guardrails, yeah. uh, but he does have big visions. So yeah. he probably has a big vision about this, yeah. um, and he can really do whatever he wants because he's got so much money, yeah. right? Yeah. So I, I think it's 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 interesting. I mean, usually with when you're when you're changing names, uh, you do it because you acquire a company that's stronger than you mm -hmm. or will like bolster you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not really what he did. He just 
like overnight like it's almost mm-hmm. like he he decided on saturday to do it and then like on sunday did it yeah. you know and said hey you know stick a logo on there and it's which is by the way just a really ugly logo yeah, yeah. um i mean you know so yeah do you I, think I, this I, is I, a, <clears throat> I mean that whole thing that shock that shock of it, not only how not only him doing it but how badly it seems that he's doing it and and this and just mm. tra- and trashing trashing the brand but trashing yeah. the ba- brand with it is a terrible logo, and it it, it, it hasn't got great connotations. It's, it's like a black X or a, or a white X on black. It, it just there's it nothing is. appealing about it, is it? No, no, there's nothing. I mean, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is that uh, you know he's by doing this, he has created sort of like a qu- big question mark in the mind of people like mm-hmm. why would somebody do this um yeah. you know um he mentioned that he wants to create this so-called x platform yeah, right yeah. um where you can do everything including like buy things right yeah. but like are people going to trust him if he's yeah. someone who makes irrational moves like this yeah, yeah. you know I- i'm not giving my credit card to him mm-hmm. um yeah. you know you know, I, talk, I love to talk about Apple. Like Apple, on the other hand, you know, who delivers privacy, no problem. I, I'll give them my credit card. But yeah, yeah. like, am I going to give my credit card to X? Yeah. You know, with a guy like Elon behind yeah. the wheel. Yeah. I, you know, and I'm not making a Twitter, I mean, a Tesla reference when I say behind the wheel. I mean, <laughs> it's like this guy is. He's he's all over the place. Um, yeah. I mean, even Zuckerberg was smart enough not to change the name Instagram when he shifted to Meta. Yeah, yeah right. Because yeah. there was so much equity. Yeah. I mean, the Twitter Bluebird has like a hundred percent or on a, almost a hundred percent brand awareness globally. Mm. Like it's, that's like mm. something that most brands never achieve. Yeah. And Elon's throwing it away. Yeah. I mean, Twitter was a great brand. He just set it on fire. Like wow, yeah. it's one of the strangest moves in brand strategy well so. the, the other thing as well is as you alluded to just a moment ago about what it is that we do on the twitter platform or the x platform yeah. now is yeah to tweet is a is a word that's now it's a word it's probably in the oxford english dictionary you know it's yes. it's, it's a word they've created yeah. a word but is, are you not tweeting anymore yeah, yeah are you xing yes. like what am i that's also like I, I thought xing was like to get rid of something yeah yeah <laughs> not to share something yeah you know yeah. so like and is he keeping that i just yeah. it, it's it's very confusing yeah. yeah it might be the worst brand strategy ever mm. yeah <laughs> there you go I, but it does I'll go on record on your podcast <laughs> the, <first brand> <laughs> the only thing i the, the, i mean aside from all the investors <clears throat> and the people that have funded his acquisition of twitter who, so that I mean, it isn't all his own personal fortune that's gone into this. Yeah. So it's not a big private bet in a way. But yeah. um, do you think he's just trying to rinse out the old Twitter? He's got like, let's imagine he's got a grand plan for this X platform. Is he just trying to rinse all of us folks that loved Twitter well, off well, the what platform? Was, and, what and, was so bad with Twitter that he had to rinse it? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, like, it wasn't like... They had some like product issue, like mm. you know, yeah, what was if you think about it? I'm trying to think of a product issue. Tylenol, you know, had a product issue, and the, you know, people died by taking the yeah. product, and they had to clean the brand up. Yeah. Uh, they didn't get rid of the brand; they kept it and they figured it out. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, they they fixed the product, and they it was a PR thing. I mean, yeah. there was really nothing wrong with Twitter other than. You know, there were some bad actors. You know, mm. there there were uh, you know uh, fake accounts. That stuff's easy to clean up. Yeah, 
Yeah. Didn't need a brand change. Yeah. This is more about Elon and his ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is about CEO ego. Right? <laughs> I, this is what this is about. Yeah. I, was gonna, I can do it. I'm going to do it. And who knows what he smoked on Saturday to change it on Sunday. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that was the other point I was going to make. It's, it's on brand for Elon, isn't it? It's just not on brand for Twitter. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you know, it's one of the things I mentioned I, you know, uh, in the Bloomberg interview was, mm. uh, you know, the Elon brand actually might be more recognizable than the Twitter brand wow. uh, or have more power or strength. Yeah. And so, uh, and I'm sure he's, he's definitely feeling it, you know, yeah. uh, wealthiest man in the world. He's, he's, he's got the headlines yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, it's that Trumpian thing, right? Yeah. Grab the headlines yeah. all the time, no matter what it is. And you've got power. Yeah. I, I, I heard that on the podcast, actually, that, that on, on Saturday night, he was just pissed off that there was so much buzz about threads. He thought he'd do something. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Right. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. 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 So what's he going to do next? He's going to bring Twitter back. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Which he can. Which, yeah. Right. <laughs> that would be on brand as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would totally be on brand. Just yeah. kidding. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Well, the, like that the, the other thing, if we look at the Twitter brand, as you were just saying, and like. I've heard a lot of people yep. talk about the fact that we make a lot of fuss about a media company that's relatively small compared to, you know, other other organizations. And for some reason, yep. Twitter catches all of our imagination and we're always talking about it. And we give lo loads of airtime. Do you think yep. if, if you were looking at this as, as a brand strategist, do you think anybody cares anymore? I mean, it's just, just the final coup de grace, the thing we fell in love with back in 2008. It's been it's been dying under Elon and, it, and this is just poof. It, taking it back out, back out the back of the barn and shooting it or do you, do you, do you think that there that there is still something in twitter that that he should have maintained well i mean it again going back to the brand awareness part yeah. they they really does have a hundred percent yeah. brand awareness globally yeah. you know every single journalist that writes an article yep in the world yep puts a little blue bird Mm. in the you know the sharing whatever mm. thing that you call it at the top mm. um i mean it's that 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 icon is attached to every journalist article yeah. in the world yeah. think about the power behind that so um this is a brand that you know needed to be fixed mm. okay get it but not a throwaway brand, and he mm. just threw it away. Yeah, I was hoping actually that that you and I could objectively find something positive and look at it, but there's there's nothing in here at all. I mean, oh. if if, yeah. if he is going to create this X platform, then surely you create the platform first, then make the transition. Yeah. It, 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 that doesn't make any sense either. Why? Well, how, well, why not just do what Zuckerberg did? Just create X, mm. and you know the way he left Instagram there, mm -hmm. he created Meta. Why don't just yeah. create X and leave? Twitter Twitter there yeah um yeah. i yeah. just it doesn't yeah we'll see yeah it's gonna be yeah. interesting he's the smartest guy in, in the world and mm -hmm. you know according to him so we'll see what he does <laughs> i love that caveat yeah <laughs> according to him yeah absolutely him. exactly <laughs> so and, and you just touched on uh, a little bit about what's going on with, with zuckerberg and and threads yeah. what, uh, what's what's your view there i mean there's a lot of fuss at the moment that loads of people took an interest in it at the beginning as they would and then that mm -hmm. tailed off and it, people are talking about the fact it's going to go the way of Google Plus, but what, what's have you got a view on that? I mean, specifically with um, you know his headset, um, you know Apple just 
totally mm. you know squash them yeah, you know yeah. they solved the pay point um with their new product um and you know the pain point being that when you put on quest it's you're blinded and yeah. apple really has a whole different take on it um um, which I thought was interesting, uh, but you know, also you know what Zuckerberg has done recently has increased their stock, and um, you know them releasing Threads is super interesting. Uh, although I I heard uh, that user um, uh, user uh, ship has gone down yeah. over the last couple of weeks, yeah. uh, but I, I I think Zuckerberg is so smart. He's going to figure it out. It's a long play, mm. you know. So you know, everybody's looking for headlines right now to say, "Oh, Threads is going down. It's going yeah, down." Yeah. But it, he's going to figure out a way to get integration yeah. because Instagram really is one of the kings of social media, and people just love it, and yeah. they're not and they're not leaving it. So, um, yeah, I think it, I think it's going to be interesting to see um, how these wars play play out over the next uh, few years, mm. especially with the advent of. Uh, AI coming in yeah, over the last, yeah. you know, six months. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what I don't understand, you know, I, I, I've been talking to some of my team members about this. Is with AI, where's IBM? Yeah, you know, yeah. You know I, it's interesting to me. Everybody's talking about Google and Apple mm. and Meta, right? Um, Microsoft, yeah, right. Microsoft more than anybody actually, but. IBM is, yeah. you know, this is like Watson. They they, yeah. they actually they actually launched uh, launched Watson X, yeah. I guess five or six months ago. There's no press about it. No. You know, you know IBM's they're kind of quiet with their brand a little bit when it yeah. comes to press. Yeah. But still, you would think a brand like IBM mm. and AI would be top of the story. Yeah. You ha- you have to think that they're like. From a techno- uh, technology standpoint, they're really putting together something that's going to be compelling. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I saw, um, obviously, because I'm in the UK, they had a bit of coverage of what they were doing at Wimbledon. They always, they're, they're the technology yeah. partner at Wimbledon, and they're doing some yeah. interesting things around um, artificial intelligence in the commentary. So where you've got mm. the courts around the outside that don't get commentators because they're, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're, the minor co- they're the minor courts, and, and they're adding that. But like you say, it was very quiet, very subtle. There wasn't a big splash about it. It was just happened to be... You know, They're very quiet. Yeah, in, in a news program here. So I think, yeah, yeah I think, and it, that is interesting. I have not heard IBM used in the same sentence as all these right? others when, when it comes to that topic. So I think it's really interesting. All right, yeah. but, then, but then we've moved there from IBM's brand, where they keep it nice and quiet, to Elon's brand, where he's clearly shouting from the roots off and doing all the things wrong. Yeah, yeah. So any, any final words on X? What do you think is going to happen? I, I I think it's completely wide open. Um, I think you know we're all going to have our glasses on watching, you know, <laughs> to make sure we have twenty twenty vision set to yeah. uh, watching Elon do what he does. Um, yeah. I mean, the one thing you have to say about him, he does make it interesting. That's true. You know? That's he definitely true. makes it interesting. <laughs> That's uh, true. But as far as predictions go. I, I have no clue. I you know I think he's talked about this X platform. Mm. He's probably going to build it, uh, build it because that's what he does. Yeah. Uh, so if I had to put my money on anything, uh, yeah, he's yeah. going to he set the Twitter brand on fire. Mm. He's going to let it burn. Mm. He's going to move it to X, build that platform, yeah. and we'll see how he does. Uh, either he's going to do it himself and do it with bad logos and bad design. <laughs> <clears throat> but he, which he didn't do with, with Tesla. I mean, mm. you have to imagine he's going to, mm. you know, tap into some good people to get it done. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, here comes the X platform. There Excellent. You go. All right, mate. Well, thank you for joining me in the bar this week. Uh, yeah, uh, man. When people, spin, so when people don't have the pleasure of spending time with you in the virtual bar, when people spin the dial on the interwebs, where are they going to find you? Uh, phaser, mm-hmm. F-A-Z-E-R, yeah. uh, phaser.agency, um, and you can find me there. Excellent. I, and uh, I hope to have you back on the show very soon. Let's yeah. uh, wish Elon some good luck. But any other branding topics, I look forward to chatting to you, mate. I'll speak to you soon. Right back at you, Ian. Thanks, man. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Thank you, Todd. Very timely to get a branding expert on when that news broke this week about him. So that's a wrap on episode 177 of the Rockstar CMO Effing Marketing Podcast. I've been your host, Ian Truscott. Thanks to Keith and Todd for sharing their insight. And you can find all of our links and the things we discuss in the show notes on rockstarcmo.com, along with our blog, newsletter, and all of our previous episodes. And thank you for dropping a dime into your podcasting jukebox, selecting our track and jiving along with us. Please let us know what you think via the socials. Drop us a rating or review in your podcasting app or just keep listening. I'm glad you're here. Next week, Jeff and Robert are back. So normal service will resume. Until then, have a great week. And I hope you'll again join us here next week on Rockstar CMO FM. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.